This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. If you will, turn in your Bibles to our foundation scripture in Philippians chapter 2. And we have, this, we have, we of course, again, we are teaching ministry, so we're teaching a series. And we're being, we're being restored by the Master's hands. So in this that you're going to hear today, this is a continuation of three, two or three, this is our third, or two of previous teachings before. And so we connect the knowledge. I hope that if you're joining us, and I hope, and I know everyone from Church of Living Water have heard the other two messages, and this is our third one, you got to connect the knowledge. So that you now you might come in for the first time and you're hearing this, it will be a blessing to you. But then you need to go back and listen to the others so that you can connect the knowledge. That's so important that you connect the knowledge. So we've been teaching on being prepared by the Master's hand. And God has brought us in a place of restoration because He had brought us out of a teaching. Since the transitioning of our pastor, God has put us in a position of preparation. And He's been preparing us. For the last year and a half, He has been preparing us and putting us in a place where we are getting where we need to be because He's about to have a next move. And uh, everything that's happening now, God has already prepared us for. I don't know why any of anyone that belongs to Church of Living Water are thrown off base because God has already made preparation. Amen. And He's given us what we have. God never speaks about today. He spoke spoke about that yesterday. God always remember that. God is never going to talk to you about today. Now you might hear it today. But he talked about it to you before. God will tell you and then he'll go back and show you everything that you need to do to be prepared for today. So if God is talking to you today, it's for the future. It's for things you need to do to prepare yourself for his next move. Amen? And so, and this next move, I don't want you to think it's going to be out in space. It's going to be, the, this next move is going to be on this planet. So you need to prepare yourself for that. If you're on the planet, you need to prepare yourself for that. And in all these things we must learn, in all of these teachings, we must learn that if we cannot, we will never be prepared if first we're not restored. And everybody under the sound of my voice, and you didn't come in there streaming by happenstance, I'm telling you, you are here because God is just saying you need to be restored whether you know it or not. You need to be restored. Don't think because somebody invited you and told you that we were streaming to come on. Let me tell you, if you're here, it's by God drawing you here because you need to be restored. That means each and every one of us have to be healed. And we have to be whole. God wants us healed. He wants us whole. If we're going to be ready for his next move, we must be healed. We must be whole. We must be, we, we have to be restored. We have to be in a place of restoration. In not some of the areas of our life, but in every area of our life. God is dealing with us in every area of our life. And we have to be healed and we have to be whole. Now in Philippians chapter 2, it gives us what we need to do in order for our lives to be restored. So let's begin at chapter 2, beginning at verse 12. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, 
not in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. So we learned in, on last, uh, in the last two weeks that we're, if we're going to be restored, that we have to work out our own salvation. And I love that the Bible says that. That way you don't have to keep running to someone to try to get restored. God said, you're going to have to work out your own salvation. You, you can't work out mine. I can't work out yours. All you got to do is pay attention to how you're. You got to draw from the wells of salvation for you. You gotta work out your own salvation. And working it out, living on this planet, living in this system, that it is a work. And you have to work it out. Then we have to work out what God is trying to do on the inside of us. Know this, God is doing something on the inside of you. See, people only see the outside, but God is doing something on the inside of us. God is trying to do something on the inside of us, and we have to work out what God is doing on the inside of us. we got to work it out. When he's working on the inside now, we got to work it out. That's what work it out means. Everything that God tells you, every instruction that he gives you, there's a time that you must work it out. Amen? And that's going to bring about our restoration. And I told you the intent of this series of teaching is to prepare us for God's next move in our lives. And we learned that we are the church. We are the church. We not we, this building is not the church. We are the it, the church is made up of individuals. So let's not think of the building. We are here preparing the church for God's next move. I'm to preparing C O L W for God's next move. I'm preparing God's people for his next move. And then, so when I say work it out and uh, for God's next move, you need to think of it as personal and say, I need to prepare myself for God's next move. Wherever you may be, whatever you're doing. And you know, we always say we want God to use us. Well, first of all, you need to be prepared for him to move on you. So prepare yourself and thank God that you're in here this morning. Now God is about to prepare you for his next move. We also learned that the moves of God is not is is always going to be connected to our next phase of life. There we go through phases in our lives, and there's always a next phase. And God's next move is connected to the next phase of your life. Not what you want to do, the next phase that He has already ordered for your life. Amen. So if I'm not prepared for the next phase of my life, then I'm also not going to be prepared for the next move of God. You will not. If you're all messed up about everything that's going on and you can't quite get it together and it's just everything is throwing you. You know, it's okay to talk about it, but you can't let it throw you for loop because there's a next phase coming. Not, let me, new don't last new long. It's going to get old and then it's gonna, then things are gonna change. Another, something else is gonna happen. But I'm looking for the next move of God and where I stand in it. And that's what you should be doing. And so, if you, if you can't carry, listen. This is what God's people have been doing. You, we have to get out of the mentality of keep allowing ourselves to pack up hurts and take them to the next phase of our life. Every phase of our life, we pack it up. We don't want to forget about it. We don't want to let it go. We pack it up. And we take it from one phase of our lives to another. And that's trouble for us. You will never be restored if you keep carrying 
from one phase of your life to another, hurts and disappointments and those things, you have to let it go. You got to work it out. Amen? You just can't keep going from dispensation to dispensation. And we all understand that a dispensation is simply a span of time. You know, you cannot keep going on and on and never getting to the issues that's on the inside of your heart. See, not the things that are inside of your mind, because your mind changes. But the things that hurts and disappointments that's on the inside of your heart. And on the inside, you know, inside of our lives, they must be resolved. Because at some point, remember, you can only play play hurt so long. And, And if you don't understand what I'm saying, you have to go back and listen to previous teachings because when I'm saying that I'm not saying like you're playing like you're hurt I gave you a whole explanation I don't have time to go through that again but you can only play hurt so long and at some point you have to take the time to make sure that you are healed you have to say you know what I have been healed in that area and you'll know it when you're healed let me tell you you can't people know when they're healed whether it's a natural sickness, you know when you can get up and get going. And you, well, so it is when God heals you from the inside. You work it out. You know when you're healed. You know, how do I know when I heal? Just like you know naturally when you're healed. You will know. Amen. And make sure, and we, this is what's gonna make us whole. Bottom line, at some point, you have to stop and work it out. See, you're not gonna get past that. At some point, You're going to have to stop and work it out. Amen. My purpose of this teaching is to give you the tools you need to work out your restoration. The the tools you need. You're going to... God is so gracious to give us the tools to work on this restoration. He's already exposing us what our restoration is, but now He's going to give us the tools to work. Now watch this closely. I'm not going to do the work for you. No pastor, no prophet, no apostle, no preacher, no one, no spouse, no children. Nobody is going to work out what's on the inside of you but you. You can talk to it with relatives. You can talk to it with your family. But nobody is going to work what's on the inside of you but you. God is requiring you to work out your own salvation. Amen. You know what? And, and, and. You know, don't, don't, don't depend on a pastor. Don't depend on any man or woman of God to work out your salvation. That's not what it's for. That's not what they're there for. It won't happen. Amen. But what I'm here for is just simply to give you the tools. But you alone have to work it out. You know, and while you're working out what God is working out in you, you take those tools and you use those things. Amen. So we said the restoration is a process. It's going to take time. It's going to take work. Did you hear me? Restoration is a process. You're not going to go to sleep one night and wake up and everything is restored. Restoration takes time and it's a process. You're not going to wake up tomorrow and all the issues of your lives are resolved. It's not going to happen. I had a good night's sleep. Everything's good. No, it's not. It's going to take some time and it's going to take some work. And so we go through this, through this series and we're going to find out that we all have work to do. See, nobody is exempt. 
I know we like to think that some people are exempt. No one is exempt from this. No one is exempt. We all have to make this resolve. We all have to work it out. We all have this hope in Christ, and we have to work it out. And my desire as pastor of Church of the Living Water, and, all, you know, and to all of us that believe, my desire is that we be on one accord and that we all be restored in every area of our lives. Are you following me? In every area of our lives. That's my desire, and that's what God is, that's, that's my assignment, and that's what I'm going to do. Amen? Now, I have found there are many Christians that live out their whole Christian lives and are never made whole. They love God. They're going to heaven. But they're never made whole. And they're never really truly healed. But they love the Lord. Not on the inside. See, people can show you anything, but on the inside, never truly healed. Too many Christians. Church, the goal of this teaching is for us to establish, to be established and productive. To be established and productive. See, I believe that there are so many people that are established, but they're not productive. And then we have so many people that are productive, but they're not established. I believe that there are those of us that have taken the teachings, those that belong to this ministry and belong to this church, that you have taken some things that you've learned from the church, and you've, you know, you've worked very diligently on getting your natural lives established. You know, maybe buying a house or a car or, you know, uh, start a little savings. You got a little nice savings now and you got out of some debt. You cut up a few credit cards just from things that you learn. You know, we, you know, all of those things are natural. That's called things that you establish naturally. But productively, you do nothing for the body of Christ. You do nothing for the body of Christ. Listen. There are some of us that are very productive. You're here every time the door is open. You're here at wherever your church is every time the door is open. You know, but when it comes down to, you know, anything that's asked to do around the church, you're there. But when it comes down to your natural life, it's not established. You're productive, but not established. But we know that God wants us to be what? Both. We must be both. And that assures your restoration when you become both you have you you know what you have to not only be the the church is open here the church as a whole is open people do not have to walk around her you need to be established you know what i believe a lot of church hurts and a lot of church disappointment is simply because people are not established and productive when you're established and productive productive you're not easily offended you're not mad at everything because you're established and you're you don't uproot. And, and, you know, it tickles me all the time when people always say, you know, they got their foundation at a certain term. Well, that's the most people that are ignorant. Now, don't get, get, get messed up about the word ignorant. Ignorant simply means you ignore the truth. But people don't, one thing people don't understand about a foundation, a foundation never moves, not a good one. So, you know, you bragging that you came from, you know, I got my foundation here, I got foundation. But foundation don't move. Let me tell you, if my foundation moved from my house, we're in trouble. If a foundation moved from anything that, that's, built, uh, that's built on top of that foundation, it's coming down. Anything that you see built, if the foundation crumbles, 
The building's coming down. So while you're saying my foundation came from there, please don't say that because it shows that you're ignoring what a real foundation is. A foundation don't move. But that comes with being established as well as being productive. Amen? So, and, and, and I'm thankful for those of you that have taken the teachings and have done something with your natural life, but you need to do something productively. I'm glad that you take the teachings and you've done something productively, but you need to also be established. Amen. You have not established your life on a good foundation, and God wants us to be both established and productive. And, and you know what? And that is His good pleasure. That is His good pleasure. Now, my intent of this teaching is to do some things, and it's all based on the one word, restoration. I plan on, in all of this series of teachings, to teach you how to build what has been damaged. And we're going to work on that today. I also want to teach us how to heal our hurts. I also want to teach us how to repair our breaches. A breach is simply a gap. There's something that should be in place, but it's not in our lives. And that's, a, that's repairing our breaches. I'm going to teach us that. I want to teach us how to prepare ourselves to be used. Oh, yeah. You got to be prepared to be used. Because, see, if you just do those, if you do those first three things that I just said, if you do those first three things, I'm telling you, then you are putting yourself in a place to be used by God. Amen. And then I want to teach us how to order, how to be ordered, how to be ordered to do your part. Now, see, now that, that's going to be, I can't wait to get to that because people do not want to be ordered because they feel like, I can't nobody tell me what to do. Well, see, restoration just needs to be there because let me tell you, you're going to be ordered. You're going to be ordered. Amen. And let me tell you, and, when I say that, you want to have order in your life to be put in place where God can use you. Again, there's nothing worse than going to a vending machine or a water fountain. Let's say a water fountain. And you are just, I'm telling you, you are parched. You are thirsty. You running up there saying, oh, I want some water. And nothing worse than running up to the water fountain. And once you stoop down, it says, out of order. We don't want God to run upon us and he's about to use us and on our lives says out of order. So I'm going to teach you how to be in order so when God wants to use you in his next move, you won't be out of order. Amen. And then I want to teach you how to be equipped for the work. You have to be equipped for the work. Nobody goes to a job site without being equipped for the work. How to, and then I want to teach us how to be strengthened to accomplish the will of God. You must have strength to accomplish the will of God. Now, we didn't get to any of these last week because I wanted to make sure that we understand, understood what we meant by work it out. And I think that we broke that down well enough that we understand that we need to work it out. We want to take that, this working mentality into every objective that I'm going to teach us. Every, the working it out. In every objective that will be given from the Bible. Amen. And then we also got to keep planted in the forefront of our mind. I'm working out my own salvation. And then how did we say that you did that, that you do that? You work out your own salvation with that word that everybody don't like is obedience. 
You want to work out your salvation? Learn to obey. Obedience. What God is working in you that you have to work out in you, you have to obey. Whatever God is working on the inside of you, if you have to work out, you have to obey. You have to obey the Word of God. See, it's easy to quote it. It's easy to say it. It's e- that's easy. It's easy to talk about the stories of the Bible. You read them for years. But can you obey? You gotta obey the Word of God. When I'm, what I mean, what do you mean by that, Pastor? Because I think I've, I've obeyed. When you hear a word, of the, the word from the Lord, like today, if you hear a word that points to a deficiency in your life, you gotta work it out. Stop looking from who it's coming from. You better miss me on this, cause I have nothing to do with it. I have my own, I have to work out. So when I hear something in the Word, I hear something being taught, and it is a deficiency in my life, I must work it out. When God speaks something to my spirit, and I know that it's God speaking to me, I have to work what God is trying to work in me out. I know that's God. When authority, or when I'm in church, and I hear the Word taught, and I know that what's being taught is what I need in my life. Why try to figure out a way not to do it? Just work it out. Let it be you. You know what? I know sometimes it sounds like somebody knows what God is saying, but let me tell you, it sounds like everybody's looking at you, but let me tell you, it's just between you and God. Because God is working with you, remember, with that unseen work. That unseen work. Just say, God, that's me and I'm working it out. That's things people don't know about me, but God, I'm working it out. Amen? So you got to know when God is speaking to you. He's speaking to you this morning. And the only way to get it and the only way is to obey and to work it out. And, I, and, and you know, I have to obey and I now know that obedience is the word. You know, one thing I do know, obedience is a word that believers don't like to hear. They do not like to hear obedience. Oh, I don't want to hear that. But that's the only way you're ever going to be restored, is through obedience. That is the work. That is the work right there. Obedience is the work. Are you following me? Follow me because I'm telling you God is going to take us places. Then we said there's three aspects to obedience. To obey means we have to listen attentively because guess what? You can never obey if you don't listen. So you have to listen attentively. You have to take seriously what God is speaking to your heart. Have a heart to hear and to understand what he's saying and obey it. Listen attentively. But then we also said that an aspect of obedience is that we have to submit fully. Ooh, submit. That's almost as hard as obedience. We have to submit fully. This means that I have to do all that God is requiring of me. All, not some. Then we said you have to conform completely. That is, I have to become what I'm asked to do. And we're going to work on that. You must become what you're asked to do. Ooh, write that down because you're gonna. That's gonna. That's gonna be pinnacle. You have to become 
what you're asked to do. Here's the problem. Oftentimes, we do what we're instructed, but we don't become what we've been instructed. Mm. I'll say that again. Oftentimes, we do what we're instructed, but we don't become what we're instructed. Obedience, this is what obedience says, because we're talking about obedience is a place where you need to be in order to be restored. Obedience says, I'm not only going to do what I've been instructed, but I'm going to become what I've instructed. That's what obedience says. I'm not only just going to do it, what I was told, but I'm going to become what I was told. Hmm. Watch this. When you become what you've been instructed by God, it'll no longer have to be repeated. He will never have to repeat what he told you. Just like your children. You know, you want them to have their room neat and clean and they, you want them this, that, and the other, and that's fine and well, but guess, guess what? They might clean it up, but if you have to go back the next day and tell them the same thing, if you have to go back the next day and tell your son the same thing, take the trash out, take the trash out, they are doing it, but they haven't become it. When you don't have to tell them anymore, you know they become one with what they've been instructed. See, saying it, and that's why we teach and teach. That's why this ministry, teach and teach until learning takes place. What? It wouldn't change it to say, we teach and teach until you become what's being instructed. You have to muse that in and become one. So I'll know when I have become what I'm instructed when I don't have to be asked again. Hmm. Now, how many of you all are doing what God has asked you to do? Hmm. You probably have, but have you become one with it? Listen, if you've done what God has asked you to do, but you haven't become what God has asked you to do, guess what? That's not obedience. (laughs) Because he's going to have to come back to you with that same thing. He's going to have to come back to you with that same thing. No, I must become. It must be a natural who that's a natural part of me. Amen. So go with me if you will to Genesis chapter 4. Run over to Genesis chapter 4. Genesis chapter 4. <coughs> Excuse me. Let me get a little drink here. Throat's a little dry. Now, for the rest of the message, I want you to listen attentively. Did you hear me? Listen attentively. When God speaks to your heart, I want you to submit fully. And I want you to strive to conform completely to what God is going to speak to your heart from this point on. Amen? You know, you know so, tool number one. Put on your tool belt. Put on your tool belt. You've been waiting on the tools. You know, we're always anxious for something else. But put on your tool belt. <clears throat> listen. You're going to listen attentively. And subtitle this message, Rebuilding What is Damaged. 
This is what we're going to deal with. Rebuilding what is damaged. Now you're going to have to listen attentively. Restoration begins with rebuilding what has been damaged. In church, there are all types of damages. There's everything from surface damage to something that's been completely destroyed. Are you following me? Let me give you an example so you'll follow me even better. Let's just say that you had a vehicle. And I can take this because I've, this has happened to me before. Let's just say you had a vehicle. And maybe someone kind of scratched it up at the, at the grocery store. And you didn't, you know, it wasn't no big deal. And, you know, it kind of messed the car up. It wasn't no big deal. And you were going on. And then let's say that all along, on down the way, maybe you've had a wreck. And it has put the car where now we got to get, because it's all banged up and, and, and everything is messed up. And then, you know, sometimes when people, when you're going to get your car looked up and fixed, they'll go around it and look at it and look at the damages and they'll set everything and look, 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 look at it. And then they'll go around to the other side of the car because this one is all torn up. And they'll go around to that side of the car, maybe where you had gotten scratches uh, maybe or something when you was at the store. And they'll say, well, is this a part of the, the, the accident or you have? And you're like, no, well, that happened, you know, at another time. And, and you know, but this is, this is what's, what's happening now. But listen to me. Follow, follow me on this. Everybody say attentively. That's what we're listening, listening for. I want you to be attentive to what I'm about to say. When something is damaged, it reduces its value and its usefulness. It reduces its value and its usefulness. Listen, damage is damage. Whether it's just a little scuffed up stuff or it's all banged up. Damage is damage. See, when something is damaged, it reduces its value and its usefulness. So even though the car on one side, it was just a surface thing, it still hurt, it hurt, it hurt the car's value. Now, after we have to drive it in, you know, you, you didn't even, it, it, it wasn't that big a deal that you didn't even take it in. You didn't even think about it anymore. But then when you have to take it in because of the bigger wreck, now because the bigger wreck, it not only devalued the car, but now it affects its usefulness because you can no longer drive it. So damage is damage, but you can see where when damage happens, it, 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 it makes the value, it decreases the value and the usefulness of that thing. And see, sometimes that's what we do. We let the surface damage go. Ah, it's a little, it's, it's that. Mm-hmm. Not realizing that it still hurt. It still hurt the value. It hurt the value. And it still diminished the usefulness. Now I'm see, see, I don't want, don't get tied up in my examples. Get tied up in what God is talking to you. Get, get tied up in what God is trying to get through to your heart. Sometimes we don't think too much of our surface little things that we do that, you know, it, it ain't nothing, it's nothing, it's nothing. But let me tell you, it has hurt the value and it still diminishes Usefulness. 
Now I'm going to tell you this. Listen to me. What has been what has been damaged? And we're going to spend the rest of our time on this and get some tools. What has been damaged is you. Out of all of the direct or whatever, the car, what has been damaged is you. And what has been damaged that must be rebuilt, listen, is proper relationships. Notice I said plural. What has been damaged and must be rebuilt is proper relationships. There are many of you, many of you, your relationships, they are damaged. That is, they don't have the value and the usefulness that they ought to have. And you cannot be restored if the proper relationships in your life have been damaged. Listen, many of you didn't grow up with proper relationships. So damage happened early. Because, see, we were supposed to learn how to have proper relationships in our upbringing. That's when we were supposed to learn. But if you didn't learn that by having impro- I mean, proper relationships in our upbringing, we had damaged relationships. We didn't, get, we didn't learn the proper ones, so we had damaged relationships. Going forward, meaning that our relationships didn't have value. Listen... Again, listen attentively. Our relationships didn't have value and the usefulness that they should have been because they were damaged from the beginning. They were damaged from the beginning. Listen to me. Many of us have had damaged relationships even since we've been wrong. That has to be restored. When our relationships are damaged, we don't have proper relationships, period. When our relationships are damaged, we don't have proper relationships. We are not fully prepared. When you don't have proper relationships, you're never going to be fully prepared for the next move of the Holy God. You will not. I know you... Now, listen. This is why I keep telling you, listen attentively. I know that you're saying, oh, I know where she's going with this. Oh, she's going to tell me I need to fix it with my mother, fix it with my father, fix it with my children, my uncle, my auntie, my auntie, they treated me wrong, my my uncle that did this. I, I know that's what she's going to be going to. I'm going to tell you again, listen attentively, submit fully, and be ready to conform completely. Because I'm going to tell you right now, this message is not going in the direction that you think. Again, because the damage is on you, not anybody else. The damage is to you. When relationships are damaged, when relationships are damaged, the damage is to you. So what, what needs to be rebuilt is you. See, what we try to do is we try to repair an actual... See, this is what we do. We try to repair an actual relationship between us and the individual. 
Or we try to find another person to occupy the space of that relationship. Because that didn't work out with the last person. But we don't realize that it has nothing to do with that. The damage has to do with you. Like I was saying about the car, there's no point in preparing for the other person that hit the car because let's just say whoever hit the car, it was their fault. It's no use in what's done to the car. You don't have to deal with that anymore. You don't have to deal with even fixing theirs. The damage was to who? You. That it has to do with you. Are you following me? Now, listen. Because what has been damaged was to you and what needs to be repaired is, on, is to you, I want you to understand this. This is not a message on how to get right with your auntie, get right with your uncle, get right with your mother, get right with your father, get right with whoever you think have done you wrong. This is not that kind of message. It's about dealing with the damage that have been done to you. What, you why? Because it have reduced your value and your usefulness to God for his next move. Now somebody ought to go on and just shout right, right now. I'll just take a pause right here and let you shout. Because God just gave you your way out to get back into his next move. He said, Though you have, because of relationships, you have reduced your value and your usefulness to God in his next move. Again, listen attentively. This is about dealing with the damage that it has caused to you. Why? Because it's hurting your value. It's hurting your usefulness as it relates to how God wants to use you in his next move. It's important that you understand God wants to use you. But God said there's damages. I'm damaged by improper relationships. Again, you have to listen attentively to get this. And what needs to be rebuilt is how I relate to what I need. Oh, you better, you better, you better catch on. See, I need to find out how I need to relate to what I need. See, that's what needs to be built, rebuilt, is how you relate. See, that's what a relationship is, how you relate. That's why it's called a relationship. How you relate. So what's been damaged is how I relate. How I relate. Watch this. I need relationships. So, you know, and, and let me tell you, and people, I don't want to hear anybody talking about they don't need relationships. You need relationships. But improper relationships have damaged you. So how do I relate to what I need? So what I need is to be repaired. And how I'm repaired is how I'm going to relate to what I need. Because relationships, listen, are still valuable and useful to you. Did you hear me? Relationship, you cannot cut off just everything. And like, listen, I ain't talking about no little love thing and, and all that. Uh, you know what? Don't, please, don't, don't, don't go that low. Come on up. I'm not talking about foolishness. I'm talking about any kind of relationships that have, that have just happened in your life. 
It's more to, oh, I got a divorce and me is, I'm, she's talking about me and my husband or me and so and so got into it. No. Relationships that have damaged you. But you need relationships. So you need to have the proper ones. You can't go live in a bubble somewhere. You can't sit in your house and say, I don't need anybody because that's not true. Because if you sit in your house and say, I don't need anybody, you're talking to somebody. The damage is to you. Many of us are struggling to relate to people and things that we need because of damage that needs to be repaired. We're struggling to relate to our husbands because there's damage that needs to be repaired. Struggling to what, relate to wives, struggling to way, relate to parents, struggling to relate to pastors, struggling to relate to just every kind of relationship because there is damage and it needs to be repaired. Because let me tell you, after the relationship is damaged, it damages all the other relationships. And if you're going to rebuild this damage, it's going to be through, oh, here we go, obedience. Ah, do we always have to come back to that? Yes. The damage is going to be repaired through obedience. God is not going to let you get away with that word, obedience. He's going to keep bringing you back there. Obey. You have to work out what God is trying to work in you. Obey. Hang in there. You've got to get that. Restoration requires, first of all, that, listen, this is, uh, here's your tools. I'm giving it to you. Because God has already told you, you got damaged relationships. And, uh, and the damage is to you. It ain't between me and so and so. No, no. God said the damage is just to you. Now watch this. The first one that you have to rebuild, you got to rebuild the relationship with God. Oh, most of us, ha! Ha! Well, huh, I can go get some water on this one because my relationship with God is, uh, excuse me, don't get any water, sit down. Listen attentively. Listen attentively. Very attentively. And when I say build a relationship with God, I'm not talking about going to heaven. But I am talking to Christians. There are many of you that have damaged relationships with God. Again, remember, the damage is to you. It's to you, not God. The damage is to you. So how I relate to him is damaged. See, because you have a damaged relationship and you pull it right into your relationship with God. So how you relate to God is damaged as well. Listen. And it has to be repaired because you cannot get the value or the usefulness out of the relationship if it's damaged. There's a lot of things that can damage our relationships with God. One of them is ignorance. Just ignorance. Again, don't get, you know, if you're ignorant and you're getting offended about it, look, ignorant we already know just means to ignore the truth. You can have a damaged relationship with God, just ignorance can damage your relationship. What do you mean by that? When you think you know Him and you don't, you can come to church and been going to church for years and think you know him and don't. 
He have a damaged relationship with God when you think he's going to do something that he didn't say he was going to do. That you expected him to work in your life in the way that you wanted him to and, and he didn't. That's a damaged relationship because now I have a problem. I thought he was going to do something that... And let me tell you, it amazes me how people think he's going to do something that he's not going to do. You're going to make him do it. When you expect him to work in your life in a way that he is not going to work, that's called a damaged relationship. And there are many of you that have damaged relationships with God because we are ignorant of who he is. I know, I know the Lord. See, you almost showed that you were ignorant in knowing him. That's not what I'm talking about. This is not about going to heaven. Unforgiveness can damage the relationship. The Bible said that if I have unforgiveness for others, my prayers are hindered. But you can have unforgiveness towards God. I can show up every Sunday and still have unforgiveness towards God. For things that I have ignorantly thought that he was responsible for. Listen. Unrighteousness damages relationships. Or damages the relationship you have with God. If you're not right with Him, it's a damaged relationship. See, you, you think because you go to church that you have a right relationship. But let me tell you, if you're living in unrighteousness, you've got a damaged relationship with God. If you're not obeying Him, you have a damaged relationship with God. If God instructs you like he's instructing you this morning and you just got offended or you just didn't like what he said, that's a damaged relationship. Listen attentively. When you thought everything was going all right with God, no, you had a damaged relationship with God. You're not right with him and it's a damaged relationship. And guess what? You can't get any use or value out of the relationship. Why? Because I'm just not right. Guess what else can damage the relationship? Unmet expectations. Mm, yeah, I'm, I just expected that God would, I just expected that he would allow this. I just expect that God loved me so much that things would be different than how they are. See, that's a damaged relationship. Now I'm like, you know what, God, I'm doing this. That's a damaged relationship. If you have those thoughts toward God that you expected him and he didn't and you thought he wouldn't. If you have those thoughts toward him, how, do you go, how can you go to him? How can you go to him? How can he speak to you? And how will you obey? See, a lack of trust can damage the relationship. And let me tell you, I don't care how much you say you love God. I don't care how much you hick a Messiah and ta-ta-ta. Let me tell you, there are many people that don't trust God. A lot of of folks don't trust God. How do you know? I'm going to give you a way to measure it for yourself. Write it down. The distance 
in the time between his instructions and your obedience is a restoration. I mean, it's a representation of your lack of trust. When he tells you to do something, how long does it take you to do it? How long does it take you to do it? That'll show where your lack of trust. What he's told you to do, how long has it take you to bring that to pass? I'll say it again. The distance in time between his instructions and your obedience is representation of your lack of trust. If you trust God, where is, why is the delay? Why, are you, why haven't you done it? Why haven't you done what he asked? If you trust him so much, why? If you trust him so much, why do you have to think about it? It's called a damaged relationship. Why do you have to think about something that he's talking to you about? It's because you don't trust him. The relationship is damaged. Now, listen to me. All these things that you feel about God, you have, may have learned them because of improper relationships in the past, in your past. Listen. See, you learn not to trust anybody. And God is anybody. He's a body. So it might have been a long time ago that you told yourself, I ain't never trusting nobody. And you bring it right into your relationship with God, and it's a damaged relationship. And even though you say what you're going to do, you can't even fulfill it. Why? Because damaged. God is just another body. And you said, I'll never trust anybody. Guess what else damages relationships? Mmm, comparison. Ugh, damaged. Comparison. You're looking at somebody else's life and you, yeah, I'm looking at their life, I'm looking at my life. You know, we are all supposed to be children of God and everybody else in church have found somebody and, you know, I done been to all the premarital class and stuff and I still don't have nobody. Look, <coughs> look what they got. I don't have that. I think we make the same amount of money. If your relationship with God is damaged, it will damage every other relationship. Pastor, where did you get that list from of things? From the Bible. Are you there in Genesis chapter 4? Here we have Cain and Abel. The other, now, now, this is something that God is dealing with, but I'm just going to lay this right there and then I'm going to leave it and don't worry about it. If you belong to this ministry, we'll get back to it. And, and if you don't belong to it, please don't ask me any questions about it. You have to belong to this ministry. Wherever ministry that you belong to, they'll teach you it. Amen. But now Cain and Abel are the first two children of Adam and Eve who were born after the fall of man. Now, I don't have time to set all of this up theologically. And, and, uh, but they were, listen, listen. Because this is just something that God was just dealing with me about in studying this. But they were not the only two people in the earth. They were the, only, they were the first two born after the fall. Amen? 
Are you in chapter 4? Beginning at verse 1. And Adam knew... What is that? Chapter 4? Yes. Beginning at verse 1. And Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain, and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And she again bare his brother Abel. And Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in a process of time, that means time went by, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel, he also brought the firstlings of his flock and the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his, and to his offering, but unto Cain and his offering he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth? And why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. Now watch this. When I was a younger Christian, I used to, when I used to read this with lacking understanding. And it doesn't mean, because you might feel the same way now, and it's okay, but I'm going to... Get it straight for you now. I used to think God gave Cain a hard time because I didn't understand what was going on. You know, I was like, I think he's giving him a hard, you know, just a hard time about that. He brought something. But he did that because he had damaged relationships. Again, when you have a damaged relationship with the Lord, even his word, you see it through your damage. That's why a lot of people misunderstand the word when they hear. Because they see the word and they hear the word and they filter it through their damage. And whenever you do that, let me tell you, you're going to have a whole nother view of what God is saying. Because you're filtering it through a damage. Now, notice this. God did not punish Cain. God didn't yell at him. God didn't holler. God, God didn't, you know, God didn't take away his feel. He simply said, Cain, that's not the right offering. Go bring me back the right offering. In the same way I accepted Abel's, I'll accept yours. See, that's how good God is. God stays in a good relationship. We the damaged one. God said, why are you angry? I'm not upset. Why are you? Now watch this. Cain gave God the wrong sacrifice. God wasn't angry, but Cain was. You gave him what was wrong, and you angry. And God wasn't, and you gave him the wrong thing. Again, God doesn't operate in damaged relationships. We do. You're the one damaged. Think about it. You know why? That word again, ignorance. He wasn't in the right position. He was looking for God to endorse what he gave him. And he did, what, that, what is that called? An uh, unmet expectation. And it led anger between him and God. I expected you to just accept that. You know what he didn't do? He didn't trust God. That's what he didn't do. He didn't trust that if he just did what God asked him to do that it would have been all right. 
And he was comparing himself with his brother. And the relationship was damaged. See, he already had begun a damaged relationship with his brother, comparing himself to his brother. God said, if you would just do what I'm asking you to do. See, there's many of you, God is saying, why are you angry with me? If you do what I ask you to do, God doesn't have favorites. There's no better or lesser in my kingdom, God is saying. You are my child like everyone else. I just can't accept what you're doing. See, it looks like God has favorites. You know how you have children and one get in trouble and one don't and you own the other one because they And it looks like there's favorite. No, God is dealing with everybody individually because every child is different. But there's no favorites. And he's not going to accept what you're doing. But if you just do what he asked you to do, it'll be accepted. It'll be accepted. Listen, to rebuild a relationship with God, letter A, we have to deal with what's on the inside. It's a lot of stuff on the inside. Now, I'm going to make a statement. I want you to listen very carefully to it. God did not cause what you feel. God did not cause what you feel. Because a lot of times, because we didn't grow up with proper relationships, we think that somebody caused what we feel. And it's all because you didn't grow up with proper relationships. So then when it comes to God and we get some feelings about some things in our life, you know, like, for instance, let's, 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 let's go on and take it there because this is going to help somebody. Why did pastor have to die? Why did this person have to die? Why? My relatives died. Their relatives didn't. I'm sitting here in the hospital with a diagnosis of cancer. And I have people in my family. And I know people that smoke and drink all their lives. And they're walking around and they're fine. Why am I in the hospital? With a diagnosis. These people, I don't even know if they even have high blood pressure. But I'm sick. I'm in church every Sunday. I'm praying. I work in a ministry. I'm doing all this stuff. And why do I have all these health challenges? And there are people in my life that I know that, you know, they don't even live right. They can't even stay with anybody. They, they, they just got stuff and they got things and they get promotions on their job and they just get it. You know, why? And here I am doing everything God wants me to do. I'll say it again. God did not cause how you feel. And how you relating to him is all wrong right now. Just wrong. See, what God was telling Cain was, you better go back and deal with what the real issue is. The real issue is. What is the real issue here? When your relationship with God is damaged, the question is, what is the real issue? Is the real issue ignorance? 
I really don't know him. So I expected something from him and he didn't promise that he would do it. Is the real issue unforgiveness? I'm holding something in my heart against God or against somebody else that is really causing the contention down on the inside of me. It's down in there. Or could the real issue be unrighteousness? What is the real issue? Is the real issue is that my expectations have not been met and I'm mad. Well, I just expect it. Well, I just assume that this would go this way. Well, I just thought if I married somebody in the church, everything would be all right. Why are we struggling? Why are we struggling? God, I don't understand how you can let me get married to somebody and I'm going through all of this. See, again, what is the real issue? What is the real issue? See, these are conversations God said that you have. Don't look at me. I don't know what's going on with you. God said, these are conversations that are being had. See, Cain's was just documented. But this happens all over the church as a whole and in Church of the Living Water as well. What is the real issue? I'm just angry. It's not fair. It's a lack of trust. See, we like to have faith in God, but we have little trust in Him. I'll say it again. We like to have faith in God, but very little trust in Him. That's why we talk in such a way that we tell God what we want Him to do. Why? Because we don't trust him to do what he wants. So I better confess and name it and claim it and, and do everything else that I, I mean, just put it out there. Because God forbid that he do what he wants. So let me, let, let, let me, I, I'm, I'm going to send this word out because this is what I want you to do, God. That's why I have learned this one thing. When people are sick, I tell them, you should pray that God's will be done. I've got that. Well, shouldn't I be praying for his healing? No, you should pray that God's will be done. Well, isn't God's will that they be healed? You should pray that God's will be done. Just his will. In other words, when you say that, and you be like, well, shouldn't I go a little further? Yeah, I'm nervous that if God does what His will is, He's not going to look out for me in this. So I need to, I, I, I just can't put it on God like that. No, you don't trust Him. Let's call it what it is. So I better just tell Him my will so I can make sure I'm looking out for myself. That's called a damaged relationship. If you're afraid for God's will to be done, that's called a damaged relationship. 
But how many of our relationships are built on a lack of trust? Hmm. Let me hit home right quick. Hmm. I'll share my bed with you, but not my checkbook. Ooh. If you can't say amen, and you can't say out, just say oh me. I'll sleep with you, but don't you dare ask me the password to my cell phone. Hmm. See, if I can fix a relationship, if I cannot fix a relationship with a perfect God, how am I ever going to have a relationship with an imperfect you? No way. No way. If I can't fix this imperfect relationship with God, I don't care who it is. I don't care how you live your life for years and years. You will not have a a relationship with an imperfect human. If I can't fix fix the relationship with God that loves me enough that he sent his son down the cross for my sin, listen, I'm never going to be able to relate to you properly. Never. If I can't trust him, guess what? Trusting you is not going to happen. It's a damaged relationship. And it affects all other relationships. That's what I'm trying to get at. It, it, we, because we think everything is good, because we go into a church building, and we think, but God has proven out this morning, there's a lot of damaged relationships with him. And no other relationship is going to work. Because if you don't trust God, you're not going to trust the imperfect human. You're not. I said you're not. We need to grab a hold of this. And say, God, you know what? I have built my relationship on a lack of trust. If I can't get over my anger towards God, guess what? I'm never going to get over my anger towards you. See, it trickles down into relationships. It affects every relationship. Now, you might not wake, make, you know, just wake up and just brutally go into somebody, but I'm telling you, it's affecting. Now you know what's been happening in your relationship. If I can't forgive him for what he didn't do, I'm never going to forgive you for what you actually did. No way. No way. No way. See, I know this didn't quite go the way you thought it was, right? Don't, let me tell you. Every time you think God is coming to the front door, don't look to the back because He ain't coming there either. He's coming from the roof. So when you think you know where I'm going, where God is taking us, and God is saying, listen attentively, let me tell you, he's going to always go a whole nother way. See, it's not going the way you thought it was, all, you know, but that's all right. It might not go that way. So for me to rebuild my relationship with God, restoration requires that I not only have to deal with what's on the inside, it requires that I do what is required. See, now I have to do what is required. I have to do what is required. What is God asking me to do? Have you noticed in Genesis chapter 4, some of you like, 
you know, to take Cain's side. Listen, Cain never did do what God asked him to do. Just think, if he would have done things different, you know, a lot of things would have probably turned out differently. If he had done what God asked him. Restoration also requires, let us see, that, is, that I'm not deceived. The worst deception of all is to deceive yourself. Don't be deceived. God loves you, but you do have an adversary. Know that. And he desires to get in between the relationship that you ought to have with God. That's why when people die, we blame God. Even though the Bible tells us plainly that it is appointed for every man wants to die. So what are you mad at? What are you frustrated about? God already told you, listen. Now, he said that. And he meant that. He also said, listen, you got to understand that you have an adversary that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. God, how could you let so-and-so go? How could you let this happen? How could you let that? It's appointed once for every man to die. But he's given us a way to have eternal life through Christ Jesus. And prepare, you know what? And he's preparing us. Why? He put his spirit on the inside of us. We can handle it. And, by the, and, and, and even more so, he's a God of comfort. I know that for myself. He's a God of comfort. God is like, I'm here to comfort you from those unavoidable consequences of death. That's a result of Adam's sin. He said, I'm there to comfort you. So on my bad days, that's where I go. And that's what I call on. Nobody else can comfort me. My grandchildren are a blessing in my life, but my comfort comes from the Lord. My children are a blessing in my life. They are outstanding young men. They've taken care of me in every area, but they're not my comfort. My comfort is in God. But the first time that in your life where maybe a death has impacted you in such a way, or something, not only a death, but just something in life that has impacted you, and you sat in these services Sunday after Sunday, you sat here, and, you, and, 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 and then something happens. Like, like, like for instance, I, I'm just using our founding pastor because... That's the thing that's most closest to us now that, that has really affected our lives. And we, you, you, but you sat here Sunday after Sunday, year after year, all the years he was here. You sat here and never fixed your relationship with God. And now you need God and the relationship is damaged. And the relationship is damaged. And now you're mad at God and you don't want to talk to Him. I ain't talking to God today. God said, you don't want to talk to me and I'm your help. Damaged relationships. Damaged relationships. And God is always there to help us, but He can't help us if you have a damaged relationship with Him. 
don't be deceived. God is going to help everybody. Oh, don't be deceived. God is saying, take up these tools and begin to use it. Damage relationships. And guess what? I've been out of time. But I don't want to be because I have a whole lot more to say. But listen, I'm telling you, damaged relationships, mm-mm. Because you're going to have, if you haven't had it, you will have a first time impact in your life. And this is the time to fix yourself now. Get the relationship right now with God. We're not finished with this. We're still talking about God is just showing you what it is. And showing you that all these things that you have to get rid of. Why? Because you have to work out your own salvation. And remember this. The issue is never somebody else. Never. It's never somebody else. But God is here right now. And He wants to do something. He wants to change your life. Don't be foolish. Don't be, you know, you go to funerals, you know, in this day and time, everybody, every funeral, everybody's saved. And everybody's going to heaven. I wrote a status. You know, if you stop, if you stop putting everybody in heaven, you might get witness to them. Everybody's not saved. Everybody's. I mean, you can live a horrible and messed up and crazy life, but when a funeral comes, they're the kindest person you ever met. But you know what? But that's all for people. But in the spiritual realm, it's a whole different story. And you can, again, you can make yourself feel good with all that stuff. But reality is reality. And you have time right here, right now, to get it right. God is laying it out to you. Now, we're, we're, we're talking about a series. And I, I, this, is, this is, I haven't even came close to finishing. Just your damages. But this God has given you something to think about. See, you were thinking about, I need to go to Aunt so-and-so. No, you need to deal with you and the issues on the inside of you. Maybe some relationships around you have damaged it, but the damage is only to you. Unforgiveness. The breaches, the things that just have to, you have to lay it down and say, God, I recognize what it is. I see what it is and I want something different. God is a faithful God. He's faithful to us. Faithful to show us all of his strength. God is faithful to you. Whether you belong to this ministry or you don't. Let me tell you, somebody's going to bury you one day. And they might tell a lot of lies about you. But you know what? You ought to fix that now that it, and, make, and make it. Because it doesn't matter what people thought of you or what people think of you. What matters is where you're going to end up and where your life is going to be. And are you prepared to meet a holy God? And let me tell you, streaming is not just going to get you there. This is a relationship we're talking about. 
a serious relationship. And that's what God wants for you. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.